Today, we have kind of a bittersweet show for you guys. And the reason why is because 50 of some of my favorite episodes all got deleted when we changed podcasting platforms. And so we really do want these messages to be out there. So we're going to kind of like at our leisure start popping in kind of replays of these episodes, but we're base, we're recording them for the second time. So we've had a lot of questions like, okay, well, what is low drag high impact? Or what do you guys mean by being your dream home? Because you guys are listeners have clicked on these episode titles and they haven't played for you guys. So we're going to try to re-record one of those today. And this is a concept that Elisha had right after we had our third child, Lewis. And it's been something that's just become a core part of our family culture. And I'm excited to share that with you guys today. If you guys enjoyed this episode, if you would take a screenshot of it and share it on social media, that would be awesome. Tag us and we will share it on our end. It's fun to see who's listening to the podcast, what episode you're listening to, where you're listening from. That's always so fun. And it also helps get the podcast out there to the like-minded people in your world. So thank you guys so much. And we're going to dive in. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Catherine Joy, as you mentioned in the introduction, this is kind of a bittersweet episode because I'm not going to lie, finding out that we lost those like 50 plus episodes was pretty, de- I, I didn't believe it for a really long time. Yeah, basically we haven't believed it for the last year. We're just like, oh, we'll find them. We'll find the extra downloads or whatever. But we've been running everything off Elisha's tiny computer. Like the storage is really small. And I think that's, we weren't backing stuff up on a hard drive back in those days. Well, I was just inconsistently because I had oh. a bunch of the episodes. I, my my old routine used to be always saving each episode to a hard drive. But it obviously wasn't that consistent of a routine. <laughs> Not for like three months. <laughs> I was probably pregnant or something. <laughs> and he was just like, okay, I need to do the bare minimum here. Our house is falling apart. Yeah, but I got really sad today when I was really kind of coming to terms with the re- reality that these episodes are just gone, as far as I know. Unless, I mean, I'll just say it right here. If anybody has like random episodes of our podcast downloaded on any of your devices, um, maybe let us know. And we'll give you a golden ticket. Yeah, we'll we'll make a proposition. <laughs> Willy Wonka give ticket. you a proposition. Yeah. Well, we don't have any Willy Wonka golden tickets, but we'll make our own golden ticket. And maybe we can, you know, salvage a few of those old episodes. That would be gonna... really cool, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah be Let us cool. know if you guys, I mean, that was a long time ago. So wouldn't blame you if you didn't have that taken up storage on your device. You guys are going to have to forgive me for checking my phone during this episode because I ordered groceries right before we started. And last time the guy delivered the groceries when we were recording and he was out there for like 15 minutes pounding on the door. Yeah. He didn't leave though. He He really stuck it out. So I, I don't want to put him through that again tonight. Okay. Okay. So you got your phone very unprofessional, Katie. Well, you know what? There's not really much about this podcast. That's professional. Okay. So this concept being your dream home or becoming your dream home as Katie mentioned, is something that I just kind of like thought of. I, had, I mean, it just came to me. <laughs> the profundity struck me one morning when I was rising to go to work. Uh, and really what it, what it came from was, I think, feeling um, like we were in a place where we weren't able to maybe 
purchase the home that we always wanted to purchase or go on the trips that we wanted to go on or just live the life that we had at times past said, this is who we want to, we want to be doing this. We want to be, you know, traveling to these places, living in this type of home, driving these types of, whatever it is, material things, relational things, all sorts of things. Give them context. We were living at that time in a townhome and and the people next to us, if you guys have been longtime listeners, uh, they were big time, like screamer, crier, like we never knew if we should call the cops or not. Basically, we'd like lay there listening at midnight, like, should we call the cops? Should we not call the cops? And uh, someone would show up and like deescalate the situation. And that happened a lot. So that's kind of, it was pretty stressful. I'm sure some of you have been in that living situation before when you're just sharing walls and you aren't sure what's your responsibility and what's not. And then we were driving the Honda Fit and that was my first car, but Elisha had gotten in a wreck. And so the full blown, like, what do you oh, call that's that? That's right. Thing? The airbag and the steering wheel had deployed when I got in a wreck and I just never replaced it. It was just I, like cut out. Yeah. I think the insurance company totaled our car, you know, and they didn't give us very, in my mind, very much money for our, for our vehicle. And so I drove, it, it still drove. So I drove it around with no airbags. And Which we know is super sketchy. So like no one tell us it was like super dangerous because we knew that and it was really stressful but we didn't really have an option and then we were living in Centralia Washington which the bright side of Centralia Washington is Elisha's incredible family but it's kind of a bummer town so there were just like a lot of things that sure I mean weren't like our dream home basically yeah and we complained about it a lot we we honestly like (laughs) felt very we were babies yeah we felt vindicated every time we were complaining uh, but finally, I think shortly after having Lewis, it dawned on me that complaining really gets you nowhere. And you know what's interesting about complaining, especially with your spouse about um, like circumstances that are in some ways outside of your control, is it can it can have this false sense of, well, actually, I don't think it's a false sense because I think it is unifying. But I think the false is the fa- it gives you this false sense of like. Uh, health in your marriage where you're like, Hey, look how unified we are in, you know, complaining about this thing or in, you know, being so frustrated with this relationship or just being so upset that we can't. So being so upset at the housing market, like the housing market's so hot right now. And so we just, you know, we loathe it and we complain about it, but we're unified in it. And it's easy to feel like it's healthy when in reality, like unifying over something that's wrong is actually not a good thing to do. And that's good, Elisha. That's a really well, good point. Well, I think we've done this many times, <laughs> yeah, Katie. We we're so prone to doing this. We're, we're even just not about like a dream home, about like relational discord or about anything, politics, about, you know, the weather, about... And it's not saying you can't ever like something, but the Bible's very clear on grumbling and complaining and it being a sin. Yes. So we don't want to ever bond over a sin. Yeah. And I think that we had kind of been in one of those seasons where we were just, bo- I was coming home from work. I was saying, oh, this, and you're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. And I don't know. Do you, did you understand what I was just saying? <laughs> no. No. But I got the point. Good. And I think that we, th- we, we just thought that was normal. And then finally the Lord convicted of us, us of just our ungratefulness and of our murmuring because those things are stated as being sin in the Bible. Um, when the children of Israel were murmuring in the desert and they were complaining, God did not look nicely upon, kindly upon that. 
at all. And as his children today, being the church, finding ourselves complaining and murmuring, you know, in a really kind of like routine manner should bring should bring us concern and pause. And I think it finally did at this season of our life. And it has since in very in other regarding other things too. Um, but ultimately, Katie and I decided, you know, instead of trying to save for our dream home or strive for our dream home or our dream life, we, we want to be our dream home. And when I, when I said that, Katie was like, oh, that sounds cool. She's like, I don't really hear it said like that very often. And I was like, well, that's great. Put it on a t-shirt and sell some of those <laughs> things so that we can save up some more money to buy our dream home. Stop. Elisha, <laughs> no, I think what I said was like, be your dream home. Like, what on earth does that mean? And you would explain it for me to think it was a cool concept. Yeah, so you probably want me to explain it again. Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, this is actually part of the stressful part of redoing these episodes is we don't, we weren't able to listen back to them. They're just gone. They're gone, gone, gone. Yeah, but it's your original thought. And so I have no idea what we talked about the first time <laughs> when, we, when we talked about this. I think when I was considering what I actually wanted in a home, so, so many of the attributes of that home or the characteristics of that home were, had nothing to do with the amount of money that it cost or the location of that home or the amount of property that we had, but really in how we would function as a family within those four walls. And when I would envision and, and dream of that home, we would be in the living room having family Bible times, or we'd be doing family worship times, or we would be sharing meals at our dining room table. Um, or you and I would, you know, be, be putting the kids to bed and then going and having like our special time, time to connect before the kids, uh, you know, while the kids were asleep, we would be connecting in the living room or in our bedroom. And I realized that so many of those things that I had like in this vision, we were so able to do right there in that home. Yeah, it would be a restful place. It'd be a joyful place. And a lot of that has to do with our attitudes and our outlook on life more than, um, I think environment can really impact that too, but it has a lot to do with our attitudes first and foremost. Yeah. And I liked getting really specific about it when it came to our home, because I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to dreaming about or striving for or saving for is like, oh, their dream home, the dream property, or maybe even it's just a dream of getting out of your current home and, and into a better home, you know, like upgrading and improving your living situation. But I think you could take this in an even more broad sense and look at just trying to um, improve your... St- Actually, no, I think you could break it into other categories is what I'm saying. And you could say, oh, I want to grow in this area or I want to attain this credential or this income level. And oftentimes, I think we use the futuristic, unattainable goal as an excuse to not grow in the present and to not make the most of the present. And we still, I think we're so prone to doing this, Katie. You and me, I know I am. Uh, in subtle ways where we say, oh, well, once summer's here or, well, once, you know, back when, like once Lawrence is weaned or, you know, once we're, whatever it is, once, once we're through the second trimester or once whatever it is, you know, once we're, once we have this much in savings or once we're done with this job, then we'll fill in the blank. You know, we'll get in a better family routine. We'll get those, we'll get the family Bible times back. We'll get in a better date flow and, you know, and have our family planning times. Uh, when in reality, those things actually aren't what's keeping you from doing those things that you want to implement into your life. Mm-hmm. And the home being the dream home, I started realizing how I was really waiting for a building or a property to implement many things into our family culture that we were very capable of implementing that very moment. And so that's why we started really looking at what we wanted in a dream home 
and then attacking it from a, well, let's take action on these things on a practical level. Can you remember what some of those things were? Well, oh, wow, you just like really put me on the spot there. But I just think that that's such a cool concept. Like when Elisha fleshes that out and clarifies the statement, you know, be your dream home, it just makes so much sense to me that that home is not a building. And it's it's the people in the building that make the house a home. And we all know that, but it's actually really practical. And it's even though we know it, sometimes we don't act like we know it. <laughs> You know, yeah, and I think that we're the, we're in danger of someday purchasing our dream building and then realizing we actually don't have the relational infrastructure to be our dream home. And being able to build mm-hmm. that relational equity and that family culture, it starts, it's, it's it's going right now. Your family culture is being created. It's this ongoing thing, and so you need to be very vigilant in what that is becoming in the moment before you have that building or before you can afford. Uh, you know, the next, the next upgrade in your, in your home situation. And so that led to us at that point, I think really getting serious about family worship times, about family Bible times, about family reading times that have now become to some extent, a pretty strong part of our family culture. Mm -hmm. And it's great because we have been able to buy a home, which we're really grateful for. It's like, is this our dream home? Well, you know, dreams are always growing. So, (laughs) you know, it's not our dream home, but I have been convicted. And actually, we should say this too. A huge reason we thought it'd be fun to do this episode is because for the last few weeks... We've kind of been in the the same mindset. Yes, we found ourselves in the exact same mindset of looking at properties, you know, being on Zillow multiple times a day, complaining about interest rates, complaining about, you know, the the real estate market, the prices. And we had to step back. We're like, we're doing this again where we are. And, and there's nothing wrong again with thinking we're futuristic people. We love dreaming. And I don't think we'll ever discourage anyone from g- dreaming about what could be. Uh, in the future. I think that's really fun. It gives you fuel for today. However, I think we were letting the inability to maybe go out and purchase whatever properties looked appealing to us as a reason to slide on some of our more, uh, some of the things in our life that were more important to us in our family culture. Well, yeah, like having a, you know, 10 acre property is not going to change our kids disobedience issues. You know what I mean? Like, um, a couple of our kids are going through stages where chucking stuff over the fence seems like a really fun idea, even though they know they aren't supposed to do it. And my brain goes to like, ah, see, we need to get out of a neighborhood so kids can just throw stuff. Excuse me. And it's not going into a neighbor's yard. Like we need to get out of the suburbs instead of thinking, okay, that child's behavioral um, naughtiness is going to show itself in another way in a new location. Just like my uh, impatience and frustration as a mother is going to show its head in another location in a nicer home or a bigger backyard or whatever that is. And so instead, Elisha and I focusing inwards, like, okay, what can we do right now as a family? How can we train our children? How can we be more on top of... um, these issues and seeing what children need more time, what children need more discipline, you know, how to connect with their hearts, all that stuff right now, that has made our home so much more enjoyable in like oh, yeah. two days, yes. you know, cause this is all really 
fresh actually it's it's like so ironic that we're recording this like years <laughs> later because I feel like we were not in this position for a couple years we were just so happy to have bought our first home here yes uh but now again we're kind of like having some growing pains in this location and um yeah it's just it's a really good time to remember or and to reflect on no we can't wait around for that that building like we need to just be our dream home now yeah, it is crazy that you and I both, I think, said the statement, well, this wouldn't be an issue if we had more <laughs> property or if we were out in the country rather than taking ownership of our, our children's disobedience and their and the heart of the issue, you know, and, and taking care of the sin and training our children. We were just becoming total victims of where we were living. And what's crazy? Go ahead. Oh, or, or, sorry, I hate when I cut you off. No, I, I get excited when you cut me off because I think I know it must be really good. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> like now the pressure's on. Um, or I was saying, viewing it as like, oh, this location has these opportunities for a new training ground. So maybe this wouldn't be the exact same issue. Like our, we wouldn't be so on display here with all the neighbors looking at our yard. But at the same time, that poses some great opportunities for a, a different kind of training ground that we might not have in a different location. That's exactly right. Every situation that has unique challenges also has unique situations or, or sorry, <laughs> <laughs> every situation that has unique challenges also comes with unique opportunities that are, that will be specific to that unique opportunity or that unique situation. And you might lose those opportunities. You, you probably will lose many of them when you move on to the next circumstance or the next next situation. And that really started occurring to me this last week as we were convicted of us kind of, you know, pawning off our parenting and, and saying, oh, well, instead of parenting, we're going to wait for a property. <laughs> and then we were finally convicted of that. I also started realizing the opportunity we have with our neighbors. I mean, the fact that we do have you know, multiple neighbors breathing down our necks every day is actually an amazing opportunity for mm -hmm. evangelism. And it Just so you guys know, like when we say breathing down our necks, all of our porches are second story porches and that's how we get out our back doors. So like we all literally like look down into each other's yards. Yeah. We've got the split level house. Yeah. We're, we love our home too. We don't think that we're like in a bad living situation. We no, think we're, we're like, really, really great. We live in an it. awesome town in an awesome neighborhood. Like, like we said, it was just like the close proximity to people. We were, we were like, Oh man, like it was just feeling a little claustrophobic. I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate. And some of you guys are like, what? And then random stuff like, well, yeah, I'll say that later. Okay. So you go ahead. Uh, yeah, but basically it's, I was just trying to reiterate as and I'm failing to what you said, there are unique opportunities in whatever your situation is. And I don't want to look back at this season of life and say, boy, there were so many great training opportunities for our children to, to learn how to respect other people's property because it is, they can reach over with, you know, like a paintbrush and paint the neighbor's house. They need to learn to respect their property and not do that. And they need to learn how to interact with people when they do uh, wrong them, you know, when they damage their property, you know, it's, they've got the opportunity to interact with these people when they do wrong them, you know, and they either damage their property or they, yeah, they, they say, you know, they, yeah, or they damage that. I think Leon and Lucy were chucking apple cores over the fence and they were hitting these other little kids and the grandma of those kids who lived there was getting pretty upset about it. And that was after Leon, I go out there and he's throwing dandelions from our yard. That's like a dandelion pit into her yard that doesn't have a single dandelion. 
And I was like, Leon, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm throwing dandelions over there because she doesn't have any. And I want her to be a part of the celebration. Mm. Wow. <laughs> what a benevolent guy. <laughs> uh, Anyways, yeah, they had to write her letters and yeah, carry them over. Bring them to over. Our, that yeah. was a good learning experience. It was a great learning experience. And then I even think of for myself, um, having the opportunity to one, share the gut. Isn't that a crazy thought, Katie, babe? It, it's like faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God has made it so that the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ is what um, is like the the catalyst to salvation when that is mixed with faith. You know, when, mm-hmm. when they believe the gospel, salvation comes upon that person. And I look at the opportunities for myself within our neighbors, the neighborhood that we have right here, with so many people that I get like triggered by or frustrated with. And I know for a fact that these people are not saved. Mm-hmm. And when will I have, isn't that, cr- it's literally crazy that God has made it so that the hearing of the gospel, when it's mixed with faith, brings salvation. It's like you hear the gospel, you believe it, and then salvation comes upon that person. And I've got an opportunity to share the gospel with so many people within, you know, our arm's reach basically of where we live. And yet many of them, I've not taken that opportunity. In fact, like two of them have I taken the opportunity to actually share the the full gospel with them. And when we leave, or if we leave this neighborhood, who know who will be the person to share the gospel mm-hmm. in, to these people, to these children, you know, that are hoodlums in the neighborhood um, or to the neighbor guys that just drive me crazy with the, you know, what they listen to in their music and stuff. It's like, boy, the, I don't know who, I don't know who's going to present the gospel to them once, once we leave. And I don't yeah. want to miss that opportunity. But even in addition to the spiritual things um, and the opportunity for evangelism, I don't know how many times I've said like, oh, when I have property, I'll love working out in my yard. But like, I was going to bring oh, that up. Oh, dang it. You well, were going to call me out. No, I wasn't going to call you out specifically. I was going to I was going to bring up the yard, though. Yeah, because... <laughs> it's not like it's your responsibility. It's our yard. You just take responsibility oh, for okay. it. I thought you were going to call me out and how I talk about wanting to have property so that I can work on the property, but then I just neglect our home here in our yard. Um, like it's... Well, the funny thing is, is that our yard, I did tell Elisha, it does look kind of like a field. Looks yeah. kind of like the country. <laughs> so there's all these <laughs> weeds growing up. We did a really good job last year. And um, this year we had, it's kind of one of those things that it's so easy to, you know, our fence blew down. So it's just ship shape or whatever, ship shod until people come to fix it. It's going to be a couple months. Um, and so regardless of how well the yard is mowed or cared for or whatever, it kind of makes you just want to be like, well, we aren't going to want to be in our backyard anyways. Cause there's like two by fours sticking up all over and stuff. Yeah. And I can do the same thing in our home. I think it's really easy as homemakers to be like, well, you know, all the cabinetry's chipped or like the walls are stained or the trim's falling off the walls or these things that it's easy to be like, well, our home just can't be a restful environment. Hmm. instead of, and I've had to remind myself of this at every place we've lived, you know, in our little one bedroom or two bedroom uh, apartment that we got when we first got married and just, I our would, trailer and our trailer. Well, I didn't do a good job of this in our trailer. Well, what I'm saying though is that when you I was trying you, to bring up periods, I did a well, good what, job of this. Sorry, I was trying to emphasize your point point by saying I think we both felt victim when we were in the trailer. We're like, what's the point in trying to make this nice? This place stinks. But without fail, 
every time we would clean it or you would make an effort, you know, to clean it, to light candles, to prepare a meal, we'd be in there like, this is awesome. Yeah. It's crazy how even in that tiny space, the difference of like putting that effort in, making it a restful place really affected our home. Yeah. I think that we sec, we, it's like underrated how much just a clean, tidy space can be really restful and really enjoyable to be in, even if it's a little beat up or a little less than ideal. And it's not like a Pinterest perfect home. Hmm. And there's just so much we can do as homemakers to make our home joyful with our attitude and when we're content and thankful, and then to make it a place practically where it's peaceful and there's good meals and we have that fellowship there. And it's just been something that I, I kind of can fall off the bandwagon on and then get re-renewed vigor and like, oh, let's make this a beautiful space. Hmm. Even if it's, it's not the dream home, I can be our dream home. You know, it's remarkable, Katie, how a couple days ago when we decided to stop complaining and actually invest into where we were at, the, the joy and the satisfaction and the peace that really filled our home was not, noteworthy. It mm-hmm. really, we both felt it. There was so much joy in our home. The kids felt it. They, I think, responded in a really positive way. And it's not that the futuristic dream went away. It really is, is that we, it, in fact, I think that that's bigger than ever, more solidified than ever. But I think we actually both realized that that futuristic dream is not going to be what we thought it was going to be if we aren't making the most of where we're at now and growing in the areas that we want to be growing. And when we say growing in the areas that we want to be growing, I just, I don't think that we can come back to our priorities too many times. When you say like, wait a second, my faith, am am I getting up and, you know, communing with the Lord on a regular basis? Am I in his word? Is my worldview being shaped by his perfect word? Is my, Are my thoughts being formed because of what God's word is teaching me and showing me? Am I singing praises to him? Where, where am I at in my marriage? Or am I, am I pursuing my spouse? Are we growing in intimacy and in knowledge of one another? Then where am I, where am I at with my parenting? Is my heart turning more and more towards my children or is there starting to grow between me and my children? This, this, you know, I guess like crevasse where they seem like, an addition to my life rather than something that I really want to build my life with somebody I want to build my life with or like invest into and create a life with. And it's crazy how, again, I, I'm just so prone to departing from those core things in my life with my faith, my relationship with the Lord being first and foremost and just like the foundation, like it's not even, it's not, it's in a different category really of like marriage and children. Cause it's like who I am. It is, I, I am saved. I am bought at a price and he mm-hmm. is my life. Uh, but then those other things, marriage and parenting, it's like, if you aren't thriving in those things, a circumstantial change will not fix those things. However, circumstantial change, circumstantial changes can definitely help those things because mm-hmm. we are not anti changing and improving our circumstances. And that's my next point. Yeah, we have done dramatic things at times because the circumstance needed to change. But I think also you can look at your life and kind of see if you're just changing the circumstance to think that it's going to change you in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's a pattern of behavior, but the same things stay in the same, stay the same. Yeah, You know what I mean? Um, I think kind of in terms of that whole quote, like when you get married, it doesn't change you. It just reveals who you are. Hmm. 
And I think of that, like you're the same person single when you're married. It's just like more on display. Yeah. And that can be, it's not going to fix your problems. It's just going to um, kind of reveal them. And I think of that in terms of our homes too. Like there's always things to see that are wrong. The most perfect place we're going to move in to that home and wish that something was different. And if we've trained our brains to see what is wrong, looking around our house and do that all the time, then that's just kind of like a groove it's not kind of, it is a groove, a pattern of thinking in our brains. And we will transfer that pattern of thinking to our new home. And I think of that even the last few days when we kind of came to terms with like, you know what, uh, we can't buy a million dollar home right now. And that's kind of like all that's on our, on the market. And our brains just started seeing what was good about where we were at. Yeah. And I've never been so thankful for our home where, and just seeing like, wow, we were able to host like five of Elisha's siblings and their families this week. And it housed us so great. And all these blessings of, of the space that we get to live in right now, just from changing that pattern of thinking and that, and that joy and that, uh, that whole groove of thankfulness, yes, we could take into the next place that the Lord leads us to. Yeah, it's almost, yeah, exactly. I think that's that's so true, Katie, babe. And it's crazy because things do change. Like the kids are going to grow up. Mm-hmm. You and I are growing. We're changing as people. We're going to grow old. Yeah, we will grow old. <laughs> Hopefully. I want to grow old with you. Uh, you know, the se- seasons will change. Relationships, some will come, some will go. Uh, and so it's like why, why when you acknowledge that and you accept that, it does make it a lot easier and like a lot more urgent to maximize the current place that you're in. You're like, Mm -hmm. Oh boy, like right now this town is great. It might not always be great. You know, right now the weather is this way. Well, there are opportunities when the weather's this way than more than when it's the other way. And, and you really want to leverage those things. And the same with the age that our children are at the proximity that we live to certain places right now in this home is unique to, Different classes we go to, stuff like that. If we were further out of town, we couldn't make it to our classes. Yeah. 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 There's just, there's so many blessings to the situation we're in. And we've brought this up on the podcast before that this is another thought Elisha had, but that we want to be blessing miners and we want to mine the blessings from situations that we're in because they're always there to be found. Sometimes we just have to dig a little more to find them. Yes. And I think something just kind of that we can kind of talk about to wrap this up is that we are so capable of changing our appetite to where we feel led to to where we feel like God is leading us. And by what I mean, changing our appetite, I think that it's so easy to say, oh, well, I would do so much better in the country. That's where all my affinity is towards is having space and room and, you know, having animals and growing my own food. Well, that still, that's a great appetite to have, but it's crazy because you can actually, with what you have now, start to really change your appetite if this is where you are and say, you know what, I'm going to learn to be the best homekeeper here, or I'm going to learn to be the best, you know, whatever, suburb suburb dad that I can be <laughs> right here. <laughs> you know, I like see him say that and his eyes glazes over. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, Maybe I, you could use a different title that would make you dad. feel more inspired. Uh, yeah, I don't know what a better a better title would be. But what I've been, I think, incredibly intrigued by is how 
I have grown to truly appreciate things that two years ago I would have said I would never appreciate. And I had no affinity towards. I had no inclination to go pursue these things. And yet when you accept where you're at in life, you're like, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm going to learn to like these things. Then all of a sudden, you know, a couple months later, those are the YouTube recommendations you're getting because you actually are starting to enjoy learning about whatever it is, whatever the season of life like that you're in. Like all the outdoorsman stuff. You've really become like an outdoorsman guy. I have become more, I mean, I'm not like an outdoorsman, but I've become a lot more equipped and capable. Like I never thought I'd see you in cargo pants. Oh, cargo pants. Yeah, I've, I you do have every them. so often. You're right. I do. I do wear those. And like all the boots and yeah, the I've weapons got some nice and boots. the hunting. I've and got nice weapons like, too. That's just a total change from like the musician I married, the musician realtor. Yes. I do have I like a few it. pair of jeans that are a little too skinny <laughs> that I will put on sometimes and... That's still a part of who I am. That's I'm not gonna lie. You know, you can pull anything off. You just Elisha's Elisha's the full package. <laughs> uh, but I think I've just the, I'm, I'm trying to just iterate the point that you and I both are capable, and I think humans are capable of actually changing their affection and their desire towards yes. things when they accept. Like, wait, this is where the Lord has me. I'm truly not just going to, you know. I guess, sludge through this, you know, and slog through the season of life. I think I'm going to learn to really appreciate living here. I'm going to make the most, when you say make the most out of it, it's like there's this, you're conceding something, but I don't think it has to be this concession. I think you can truly enjoy where you're at and maximize that time when you realize that this is where the Lord has you. Yeah, I mean, when Elisha and I look at homesteading, one, we have five little kids, so him and I would be doing everything, and it's like super time-consuming thing. Do I'm you, saying if we had a property. Yeah, do we have, do you, is there another kid that you're hiding in the... What did in, I say? You said we have five kids. Where really? are you hiding that I guy? I did. Oh, my God. Wow. That's what I talk about every day, the fifth Was child this, potential. Is this a pregnancy announcement right uh, here for me and for our audience? And for me, No. <laughs> oh, did I see that? It's yeah. like, uh, clearly that's where my brain is though. I, I would love to have a fifth child. We're one not day. pregnant. <laughs> but, um, just that whole concept of we've got little kids. When you look at this really practically, it's like, that's going to be hours and hours and hours and hours of our days. And we might totally begrudge it at this season of life. And so when we look at that from this realistic perspective and I've done all that stuff growing up, so I know how long it takes. And I did it with 10 other siblings. So I, I don't even know if that'd be possible for Elisha and I. I know some of you guys do it. But uh, instead thinking like, okay, this is actually really nice. Like we have a really low drag, high impact life, which is another episode that, you know, that's a, that's a statement we say all the time. But that's another episode that got deleted. But the whole concept of what can we do because we have such low drag with property maintenance right now. Oh, yeah. What can we do? We have an incredible opportunity right now to do more in the online space or do more outside of our little, you know, neighborhood location because our home doesn't demand a whole ton from us. And or it's even go to super awesome, easy to maintain. Yeah, go on awesome hikes and parks, to go to different parks and hikes, to go to the lake, go to the river because it's crazy how, cause I grew up on property and like, we just didn't have that much time 
to go to like national parks or to go to travel, to go hiking, uh, even though we were on a great property. So it's like, well, why we're here in town, let's go take advantage of those hikes and, and those cool, I think, properties that the government has, mm-hmm. you know, maintained for us um, and enjoy those. Yes, that's exactly right, Kitty. Or with the cl- you already, you referenced the classes that we're taking. Like right now, we live, we, you live like five minutes from, we both live five minutes from the self-defense place that you go to on a regular basis that you're training. I, I, we live like 10 minutes from the jujitsu place that I get to go to and go, we both are there multiple times a week because they're very accessible to us. And we have the time to put in a couple hours. You put in a lot more hours, but at this other, at this location, that's just kind of like fun and enjoyable. And we're learning a new skill, but a bigger property would demand that yes. time from us. Yes. We wouldn't be able to do that. And we probably have to drive like an hour yes. to get to the location. So it's just basically not going to happen in I a different of, life stage. I think of how much water I'm able to drink on a regular basis here to stay hydrated. Um, whereas when we're having to go down to the creek to fetch our water <laughs> and we have to walk 300 oh yards, gosh. staying as hydrated as I stay these days is going to be so much more work. Yeah, that's a lot from you, Elisha. Right before we started this podcast, he's like, I he realized he'd like drunk one glass of water in the last two days. So maybe the creek would be motivating. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'd be able to make it down there, actually, with the dehydration that I have right now. The yeah. dehydration that I have. Uh, any more things that you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just love that concept of appetites. And we didn't get like, like just appetites could be such a conversation. Yeah, maybe we'll do another episode on that. The appetites, the appetites. Now that's a whole nother conversation, the appetites. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the appetites that we're giving our children, the appetites, it's easy to think that a different circumstance would give our children different appetites. Like, oh, well, if we had a lot of property outside, they wouldn't watch TV or whatever it is. Instead of being like, no, they can cultivate skills right here in this tiny yard and not have that appetite of just looking at a screen right here, right now. Yes. And actually, a family that I really admire, the Lilia family, they live in downtown Seattle. And I was just telling Elisha today, they have how many kids? 10? 10 or 11. 11 kids? Yes. Like no yard. Yes. Downtown, right? Not yeah. downtown, but like. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of downtown I'm, Seattle, which is not like a super family friendly place. To, to say the least. <laughs> which is an understatement. And they just have the most incredible family. And I just think their boys are super masculine. You know, they're helpful. They're not these like, you know, kids that sit in the basement and just aren't really like, you know, they're like the indoor kid that can't function outside of the the outside of the computer or whatever, you know? And I just think that it's so cool to have these families for me to picture because Elisha and I both grew up in the country, you know, and it's good to remind ourselves that no, like character and skill sets and all these things can be developed anywhere. Yeah. It's like, it eliminates an excuse maybe that you would have had, you know, exactly. like when a stereotype's broke and you're like, Oh wow. Like you can, I guess you, if they can thrive in that environment, that makes sense. You know, you can thrive in that environment as a Christian and and they're doing it. So yeah, that is so cool to acknowledge those, those case studies. Yeah. Um, It's like, basically my boys don't have to be out like slinging slingshots on a hundred acre property to grow up and be good men. 
Yeah, we can. Which is obvious. No, I know I, that's you what guys. you thought until today. You thought they had to be out slinging slingshots <laughs> in order to grow up to be kidding I think men. I thought it was like the healthiest way to raise boys. And I'm, I'm saying like, you know what? Like the Lord has different things for different people. And yeah. he has made it very clear that this is where we are at with our boys. And they're all really little right now. But it's like, what a great opportunity, again, to teach them to not be destructive and to be mm. um, contributors and... Yes. And to be constructive, to be, to be creative, to be helpful. Yeah. Yes. So it's a great training yard because our training, yeah, well, literally yeah. training yard, <laughs> um, because it's so obvious and in my face when it's such a public embarrassment yes. when it doesn't go well. Wow. And I think that that just is like, wow, what a gift yes. that that's just going to like make me on the alert as a mother. Yes. That is such you a great way to look at it, Katie, babe. I love that. That you, Yeah. You, it's yeah, you've got like a lot of social pressures to kind of like, in a good way, keep our yeah, like parents healthy. in a healthy way to be like, oh, that's, wait a second, that's right, we do need to keep tabs on what our children are doing. Yeah, well, maybe if they're just kind of like out running wild, and then we go into you know Starbucks and they just melt down and tear all the shelves down or something. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm very aware of like, okay, we yeah. need to work on if this. If you issue. mean if like if we were for six months out on the property. I and then we come notice. into, and then we come into yeah. the big city, and then yeah, it's like, who are these like seven brides or seven brothers situation? You know? Yeah, exactly. They're like climbing up the counter. You know, they don't even know how to use a toilet and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word, you guys! We've like said so many random stereotypes. Like, don't hold us to any of them. Okay, it's all in good fun. Uh, well, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for doing this, Katie, babe. Yeah, thank you. I love your ideas. Oh, thanks. All right. Chairs are too far apart. Well, we can do something about that. See you later, folks. Bye. Bye.